cook and asks you, son, what would you like to have while you're here for these short days? I said, mom, I really love some gumbo. She goes, I got, I got you. So we get there, and you know, the, you know, gumbo, you just can't make gumbo in like a regular pot. It's gotta be like one of those massive foot soakers that you see in like a commercial kitchen, you know? <clears throat> and so I get, we get there, and we wake up 4th of July, and you can smell it all through the house. I was like, praise you the Lord. It was like a cartoon. I felt like Bugs Bunny, like the scent of it picked me up, and carried me up the stairs, into from the basement to the kitchen. Just like, praise God for all his blessings. Anyway, uh, but those are the things, right? We get excited, and we, we, we begin to, to praise prayers, like God bless this, this food, right? We, 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 we pray like prayers of, of keeping us safe, right? We pray prayers like be with us. Uh, keep us safe. Bless our food, right? You know, bless, bless this this giant sub I just got from Jersey Max. Like, bless it, you know. Um, we, we, we pray this, but the, what we have to understand is that dangerous prayers, and because following Jesus was never meant to be safe. And so, listen, if you're a teenager in the house this morning, I want you to pay close attention to this. I love this. I love talking to teenagers. I was just doing this on, on Thursday night. I had a missions team in uh, to help us do some park days in our community. And uh, I love talking to teenagers. I love spending time with them. I can't escape them. I moved from D.C. as a youth pastor. I got here to Chicago, and they're like, you know, God was like, Here, here's your job. You're going to be working with high schoolers, and you're going to be a disciplinary dean with high schoolers. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I need all the prayer. I need dangerous prayers in my life. Um, <laughs> and so it was one of those things where I love students, and, and the Lord reminds me of this all the time. So uh, today, I want because I want you to understand and see that there's no age limit to, to, to serving God. There's no age limit for, for doing great things for the Lord, for listening to him, hearing him, and applying what he's saying. And so if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, and so Samuel, just a little bit of, 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 uh, of context. So um, there's a lady named Hannah, and uh, Hannah prayed and prayed and prayed for God to give her a son. If he would give her a son, then he would, she would dedicate uh, this son to him, meaning that she would give, literally have birth to the son, be grateful for the son, and give him over to the priest. And that's exactly what she did. His name was Samuel. And so Samuel is now working with the priest and prophet Eli at the time. And so the Samuel at this time is about 12 years old. So imagine this, this 12-year-old boy, he's helping Eli, who's the priest in the temple. And, uh, and so in the temple, they had what's called the lamp of God. And it was this, this seven-branched candlestick that stood in the holy place. And so this light burned um, dimly because Eli's family, the prophet, the priest Eli, was not honoring God. And so he and his family were going against the ways of God. Now remember, you're the priest. He's the priest. And he's not even honoring the, the God who he is to represent and help the people understand what he's saying and when he is saying it. So in 1 Samuel chapter 3, Samuel is asleep, okay, and Eli. They're both asleep. They're living in the temple. That's what priests do. I mean, pastors don't live in the church, but still, you know, I'm grateful that I don't because our church has no AC, so I, I'd melt like a snow cone in Phoenix trying to live in, in, in that place. Um, but yeah, so 1 Samuel chapter 3, right? And so they're both asleep, and, uh, and Samuel hears this voice calling his name. He says, Samuel, Samuel. So he gets up and he runs to Eli's room. He says, Eli, what, what, what do you need? You call me. Eli, of course, probably just grumbled. He woke me up by my sleeping dead at night. 
I don't, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. Samuel looked at me, all right, go back to sleep. You hear the voice calling him, Samuel, Samuel. He runs into Eli's room. Eli, you called me. No, I did not. Stop waking me up. Go back to sleep. So Eli, Eric, Samuel goes back to sleep. The voice a third time, Samuel, Samuel. He runs into Eli's room, and Eli has this epiphany moment. And Eli says, when the voice calls you, I want you to respond. I want you to, to tell him, God, I'm listening. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10, and the Lord came and called as before, right? Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel replied, this little boy, he replied this, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Man, that, that, that's crazy. That's radical. That's dangerous. Right? God spoke, and Samuel heard the voice of God. I mean, that's amazing, right? God is speaking to this little boy, this 12-year-old boy in the temple. God is going to use him to, to, to correct the priests. Now, hear me, teenagers, don't, 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 don't go home talking about, well, Pastor John said I can correct. Anyway, don't, don't get me in trouble like that, okay? Don't do that to me. But uh, I want you to understand and know that the same truth and the same God and the same spirit that empowers those who are 18 and above empowers those who are 18 and below. And what you'll find is that throughout scripture, you'll see that students, young people, just like Samuel, were empowered by the spirit of God, encountered God and in, in, in such a profound and unique way. And God would use him to transform the nation. Because we talked about dangerous prayers being bold, right? One of the things that I love telling people is that you never know what God may do through one act, a single act of bold obedience to him. He doesn't put an age limit. He doesn't say you need to have a license. He, none of that. He doesn't say you need to have a proper education or whatever. All you need is him. And so God is speaking to Samuel. Now here's the problem. What, what God was saying to Samuel was not easy for him to hear. Because now Samuel has a task. Because whenever God speaks and people listen, there's something to do. So when, when God speaks to Samuel, he tells him that you have to correct Eli. Like, whoa, 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 I'm 12, he's, he's the priest. He's not a priest, like, he, he's the guy that goes in on the day of atonement, Yom Kippur, and, and helps cleanse the nation's sins. Like, he's the guy that, that, that opens the words and we learn and, and study. I'm only this many years old, but, 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 but Samuel doesn't get caught up in all of the excuses. He hears the words of God and he does exactly what God tells him to do. Here, here let's have a little Bible trivia. You guys ready? All right. I don't have a buzzer or anything like that, so you just have to roll with me. Um, and, 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 you know, you, you've got the answer. You can raise your hand. It's okay. I might just call on you, okay? So, here's, here's the question. How often did God speak, give an assignment that was easy? <laughs> never! Not once! God has never spoken to a person or a people and given them an assignment that can be done by lunch. Not one time! 
Has he ever been like, you know what, I just need you to go? No, no, no. Look, look, for Noah, he says, listen, I want you to build an ark. It's going to rain. And all the people are like, yeah, right? We've been in a drought for 40 years. We know it ain't going to rain. It's, I mean, this, this thing has to be a football and a, and a half long, right? It, it's huge. People were ridiculing him, making fun of him, mocking him. And then, oh, and God says, oh, and by the way, uh, I'm, going to, you're, I'm going to send two by two of every animal to you, and you're going to have to restart the human race. You got this, right? I'm with you. And it, it's not easy, right? With Jonah. He is Jonah. I, now, Jonah, I love the story of Jonah because it's, it's, so, it's so rich and full of things. But the main thing I love about Jonah is that God said, I want you to go to Nineveh. And people were like, oh, yeah, Nineveh, right? Even if you've seen VeggieTales when they use the giant fish, right? That's hilarious to me. I've all, this is nothing to do. It's not spiritual at all. But I've always wanted to slap a person with a fish. I don't know why. I think it's just the sound that it makes, like, and just to know that I've done it and their face is going to smell like whatever fish I hit them with. I mean, I, it's just a thing, okay? I'm sorry. We all have these things. It's just something I've always wanted to do. Anyway, but <laughs> Jonah, God says, I want you to go to Nineveh. What's Nineveh? Nineveh was the, the, the highest crime rate in the world. It was, it was horrible. The people that lived there, uh, were, were, the Ninevites, were, were terrible people. They were filled with crime and debauchery and depravity. They were terrible. And, and one the, the main thing that I really enjoy about the story of Jonah is that Jonah did not like them. And he was clear about that. Jonah didn't like them, and, and God is trying to help him to understand that, 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 this, that, I got, you know, that I, I'm coming to you, and I want you, the people, to be saved, and I want them to be saved, and I love you just like I love them, and just for us, it's just a sidebar, God died for the people that we don't like, and oftentimes we forget that we too were enemies of the God that we now love. And we now serve just like those people who we don't like. We, we, don't, we often don't pray, Lord, bring them to, to repentance. We pray, Lord, move them to another place. Get them, you know, we pray, God, get, get them, I don't care, whatever it takes, move them out of the state. Like, just get them further away from me. Just, that's what we pray, right? We pray that for people we work with. We may pray that for our family. You don't have to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask that if you have. Uh, I don't want people to be too honest. Some of your family might be in here. You're like, was it me? Were you praying that for me? Right? There, there's an understanding that, that God died for the people that you don't like. And so Jonah says, I'm, I'm not going to go. I'm not, I don't want to tell them to repent or die. I don't want to give them that message. But, but God gave them this assignment. It went so far. He went so far uh, that he got on the boat. And God was like, listen, but because you're here, I'm going to send a stone over there. And they're tossing stuff over the side of the boat. Jonah's like, it's me. <laughs> Toss me overboard, you'll live. <laughs> right? And he's swallowed by the massive fish. He coughs him up on shore. God says, You ready now? I mean, you've been through a lot. You keep running from me, and I keep getting your attention. So, you ready? Right? There's that understanding that when God speaks and gives an assignment, it's never easy. But when the angel of the Lord came to Mary, he says, Listen, you're, you're, I know that you're a teenager. Um, but you're going to give birth to the Son of God. I know that you're unmarried, that you're, you're betrothed to Joseph, and people are going to be like, what, wait a minute, how can you be pregnant? Then you get, you know, well, Joseph, you got to divorce her and send her off. And No, 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 God is going to do something spectacular. But notice what Mary said in those moments, what, that, that she accepted the assignment and that nothing is impossible with God. 
Do you see yet another teenager in Scripture? Mary wasn't a full-blown adult. Mary wasn't this amazing, like, full adult woman that, that a lot of people paint her to be. She was a teenager and had the understanding and maturity to know who her God is and to trust and believe what the angel of the Lord was saying. And so when we ask God to speak to us, sometimes what he says is going to convict us. It's going to prick us. And I have an old mentor that, that always prays this prayer over me and, and still does to this day. He says, Dom, every time I talk to him, Dom, I pray that, 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 the, that you would welcome the sting of conviction as a friend and not a foe. That, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to, to prick, to prod, to stir, to stretch, to challenge, to, to, to scare you, to show you something impossible that is so far beyond you that makes your knees want to buckle. Because in those moments, you will know that God is with you and that he's called you to it. He's going to provide you and provide for you in the midst of it. Because wherever God places you, most of the time, almost all the time, there's going to be opposition. And in the midst of your opposition, God is going to bring about provision vision. That's what he does. So Samuel, did, he heard the voice and he didn't say, uh, he didn't say, like, pour all your blessings out on me. Samuel heard the voice of God and didn't ask God, God, there's this girl down the street that I really like. And if you could just, you know, uh, if we could just fall in love and get married and have 2.5 children and own a home and have a, you know, white picket fence and my 401k be secure. Like, he didn't, he didn't pray these prayers. He, he didn't ask God for these things. He, he rather accepted what, was, what God was saying. And he was like, listen, your priest Eli has sinned. The people are sinning, and, and they're turning against me. And so God was telling Samuel, I'm going to bring judgment. It's not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be fun. But I'm trusting you. God entrusted this mighty message to a 12-year-old boy to deliver the message and to help make things right. Not just for Eli and his family, but, 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 but for the nation. Do you see that? God spoke to a little boy in a temple and says, you're going to change the nation. And in essence, you're going to reach the world. Because if you're going to deliver my message, the impact that I have is not going to stop with the people. With, it's not going to stop just with the nation of Israel. Because if you'll find over and over again as you study biblical history, you'll see that the nation of Israel, everyone heard the stories of the great God Jehovah. They heard of, of the God Yahweh and what he's capable of and what the people who follow after him are capable of. And so even sometimes in war and in battle, when they would roll up to the city, they would just give up. Because they were afraid of what their God might accomplish in and through them. Because they were a people that prayed dangerous, radical, crazy prayers. And they understood that following Jesus was never meant to be safe. Here's something that we often need to realize is that we, we, we should not ask God to speak if you don't want to hear what he has to say. See, a lot of people in life and on TV will tell you, like, oh, I'm just honest. I know you're rude. <laughs> like, no, you're, you're just rude because you get a check. But, 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 but some people will tell you, well, I just speak my mind. You know, I just do this. Okay, that's, sometimes that's just excuses. But, but when we come to people 
and we're asking their, their opinion, and we tell them, we want your honest opinion, right? And then we, what, we want to do what? We want to get caught up. We want to get upset and offended because of what they said. Well, what I tell people is you shouldn't have asked me. I mean, you, I, mean I want you to ask me, but you asked. So you gave me the right to share into your life, right? <clears throat> and that's what God is doing. Oftentimes we want to hear from God. We got God, speak to me, show me, uh, give me a sign, tell me what you want me to do, who, who you want me to reach, where you want me to go. And then he gives you a place or a people or a person, and it may be that person you don't like, that place you never, ever wanted to go, right, to, 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 to deliver a message and convey a truth that you find too difficult to share. But God says you wanted me to speak. I spoke, I, I shared with you what I needed you to do. And so let, let, let's just take a step back real fast and, and, and understand that when we're talking about prayer, right? As we talk about dangerous prayers, prayer is not just talking. Prayer is not just going to the Lord and, and, and sharing um, whatever is on our heart. Prayer is not just running down a laundry list of things that we have to do or people we don't like or the people who frustrate us or the things that we're frustrated over. Prayer is listening. We, we, we must listen. Right? We sang today about being in awestruck wonder at the mention of the name of Jesus. And, and, and I want you to, to pause right there because there's power in, in a name, isn't there? Right? When my son calls me, he knows daddy's coming. When there's an issue, when there's something that he can't lift or something he can't do or, if, or, or he's trying to go somewhere or he wants to do something or if he doesn't see me or, or remember that I'm there, he calls out my name and I what? I show up. I show up and I address the need. I address what needs to be addressed. And I, if, it, if it's fun or if it's disciplinary, whatever it may be, I appear. And when we understand that at the mention of the name of Jesus, demons run and flee. At the mention of the name of Jesus, all worries and stress should dissipate and radically disappear. Because Jesus brings peace. And Jesus, he brings love and he brings compassion and care. And so if we're truly in awestruck wonder at the mention of the name of Jesus, sometimes your prayer just needs to be his name. And when we pray the name of Jesus to understand that with his name comes presence. The Bible tells us to dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. Well, there are often times where you're like, oh, well, Jesus, I don't see you. I, 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 don't, I don't physically see you moving in my life, but, but, but God is telling you, if you see my shadow, I'm there. Dwell in my shadow. Be with me. Let me block some of the sun and the rays, and let me provide a couple degrees cooler, a space for you to live and dwell and be. Because when we understand that the wonder of his name and the beauty of his name, that it brings about the presence of God, that it brings about the God of the universe, the creator king who wants to dwell with us, then we have to listen. We must listen. In prayer, way more is accomplished by listening than by talking. Right? That, that, it, like, and so when, when God is always speaking to us, but are we really listening? Are we able to truly say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening? 
So how do I learn to hear the voice? How do I learn to hear God's voice? I want to share with you three things today. How do I learn to hear God's voice? The first is be still. My sister hit it right there on the head. She, 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 she did amazing. Um, uh, be still. Psalm 46 and 10. This is a great psalm to even pray through and just to dwell on. God tells us how to experience his presence. He says God doesn't say be frantic. He doesn't say be busy. He, he doesn't say uh, uh, seek me on the go. He says, be still. In other, words, says, in other words, in Psalm 46.10, right, be still and know that I am God. The CSB says, stop fighting. Stop fighting. Stop fighting and believe and trust that I am God. Be still. Right? We're always fighting to, to get our minds right. Right? We spend, like, if we would just spend an hour with God, just an hour a day, doesn't have to be one consecutive hour. You can break it up into 15-minute increments. You can break it up into 30-minute increments, however you need to do it, right? But, but, but we, we spend an hour on our Netflix show or on our Disney Plus show or on the things that's like, we know. We know when our shows hit, like, yeah, buddy, we got our calendar lined up. We're ready to roll, right? We know the things we like. We know the, the, the time that we like to spend it, whether it be in the gym or video games or reading, whatever. What if we spent an hour a day quietly listening to God. Oh man, what would your life look like? What, what, how, would you, how would you go into work different? How would you go into to, to, like experience your friends in a different way or, or be in school in a different way if you spent time listening to God? Right, to hear God's voice, to slow down our pace. Like the world's volume is so high, it's cranked up to 20, right? It's loud. And, and so what we have to do is, is, is to turn down the world's volume and hear from the source of life. Jesus says to, well, don't pray like the hypocrites do outside for everyone to see, right? In their robes and, and them adorned. But he says, pray in your closet. Find a space where you can be alone with me and listen. Right? If you have to commute to work and you're by yourself, listen. Right? Let, let, let's turn the radio off. Let, let, let's, do, let's just be with God on our way to work. Right? Let's just hear from him. Let's just understand that even in the midst, we're asking God to speak. We're asking God to speak through his word, it, which, which is the scriptures that direct us, that guide us, that corrects us, that, that brings about an understanding of who he is is let's ask God to speak through his people let, let, let's God let's ask God to speak through his people a godly friend a sermon or message or song or right now let's ask God to speak to us oftentimes God is speaking to us through our circumstances what's going on what's happening what led us to this point how is God utilizing what we're going through right now to bring about his glory? See, oftentimes we want to blame God for the things that we're experiencing. Instead, let's ask God, you, can you use this? This is the same God that takes what people meant for evil and turns them to good. It's not a magic trick. It's a spiritual, uh, divine blessing and power that only he has. So let's begin to ask God to turn those things that others would use for evil and use them as a tool for good.
God speaks through his spirit to prompt us, to move us, to lead us. And so the more we listen, the more you'll be able to recognize his voice, the more that we are still. So when we're saying this dangerous prayer, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. The first thing, like we said, we have to do is be still. The second is be willing. Be willing. Because often our, our prayers, most of the time when we go before God, we, we're talking to God and we're there, there are these long babbling prayers. Maybe they're prayers of what we want God to do. They're prayers of what we think he should do. Maybe we like to talk to God like he's our divine butler and, and we're earthly Batman and we're just like, go and do this, Alfred. This is what I want you to do, right? God, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, to get me that car that I saw. I want you to, to uh, make, you know, make me have all the muscles and that way I want to look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson and all these things, you know, like I want to be in every movie ever made, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, and, and those are types of prayers that we pray. We pray prayers like keep me safe or heal my headache or, uh, you know, save my boss who gave me the headache. It's just the, the whole understanding, right, of, of what that looks like. But, but what if instead of, of coming to God with a wish list, what if we came to God with a blank page? It's Jesus, write what you want on the page, on the tablet of my heart. And let my soul, that's why at Freedom Hope we have soul tattoos because we want God to write on our soul what he desires for us to hear, what he desires for us to do. Show me my, 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 my sins, show me my motives if we listen, right? Maybe, you know, to, to help me to, to love people, help me to understand what, who I need to love closely, who I need to love from afar, and then we listen. God, maybe show me, speak me, show me my gifts. How can I use my gifts? And then we listen, right? And Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, what? It's just to, 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 to give everything over to the Lord, to, to, to understand that we trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding, what? But in all our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path or he will tell us which path to take. It's if we seek his will in all that we do, if we are being willing, if we're being still, then we're going to see that God is going to take us places and down paths that we never ever could have designed for ourselves and that we will begin to understand and be witnesses to the great power and experience the impossible. Do you want to be one of the people that has crazy stories about what God is doing and has done in your life? Well, then let me tell you about how to do it. You've got to follow him and be in his will. In his will is the safest place you'll ever be. You'll never have to wonder or pray about security or pray about safety because when you're in the will of God, you are in the safest place. My, my, my grandfather-in-law always used to tell my wife and I this before he passed. He's, he's a pastor as well. He used to tell me, Dom, the safest place for you is in the will of God. It could be the most dangerous place in the world, but if God has called you there, then that's where you need to be. It's not about protecting my life and protecting my flesh because I know that my soul is going to be with him and that when, when I go, when I die, I'm going to experience the eternity with my father and with my king. And so I'm not worried about these things. But what, what, what I am worried about is asking God, am I in your will? Am I in the place with the people right now where you need me to be? And I want to I share with you a warning today. A warning, and this, the warning is this, to make sure that you've obeyed what he showed you last. Oftentimes we pray, God, speak to me, and he has, but you haven't followed through with what he gave you to do last. 
Let, let's finish that before we try and ask God for something else. Because notice that that's exactly what Jonah did. He was trying to find anything else to do. God was, was like, I want you to go here, speak to these people, tell them that they need to turn to me, to repent, or they're going to die. And Jonah's like, no. He tried to find something else, anything else, anyone else to flee to. We often ask ourselves, well, why don't I sense God? Why don't I feel his presence? Well, maybe he isn't showing you what to do in the future because you haven't done what he gave you to do in the past. Maybe he's not revealing things to you and speaking to you in ways that you prefer because we haven't obeyed him. We have to be still. We have to be willing. And lastly, we have to be ready. Is that when God speaks, we might not want to hear what he has to say, but we've got to be ready. It, it caught Samuel off guard, but Samuel was ready. In the dead of night, God woke this man up three times. I don't know about you. I, I'm not sure I'd be ready, and my son wakes me up in the middle of the night. But I don't know. Uh, there, there are times where I am, and there are times where I'm like, no, just let me go. I, I'll, I, I'd rather just get in the crib with him <laughs> some nights. <laughs> it would collapse, but uh, it, wouldn't, it couldn't hold me. But, uh, but you know, just there, there are moments, right, where we have to be ready. Maybe God is calling you to lead a community group, to be a part of a group, and you're scared to death about it. But you've got to be willing. You've got to go in and be ready. As, as maybe it's about radical generosity. Maybe uh, that, that, that we have to be generous, not just with, with, with treasure, but with our time, with our gifts, with our talents. God is asking us to be generous. Maybe God is asking you to move to a different state or go back to school or change careers or invite someone that you don't like to church, right? Or maybe to, to share about what God is doing in and through your life on social media. Maybe God is telling you to break up with the person you've been dating or forgive the person who betrayed you. Or, or maybe God is stirring something in your heart that seems impossible and scary and crazy or dangerous to you or radical, but you have to be still and hear from him. You must be willing to hear what he has to say and do it and then be ready to go and do it. Because what? We, like we said, I asked earlier, when did God ever speak and give an assignment that was easy? Never. Not once. Every time God spoke, every time, it was, people were, were, were unprepared. They may have been unequipped. They may have been unqualified. But God calls people, and God qualifies those whom he's called. And so you don't have to worry about having your resume all put together when God calls you, because because of he's calling you, he's calling you to something, to someone. And so the qualifications that you think, well, I'm just a kid, or, or, or I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm somewhere in between, I don't have a lot of money, I have too much, I, whatever it is, like, I can't do, I can't spend it all before I die, no matter what it is or where you are in life, whenever God calls you to something, he's going to provide, he's going to qualify, he's going to equip, and he is going to provide a space and an area for you to grow and experience his amazing love, to experience the impossible. 
you want to really want to go on an adventure, then go on an adventure with God and experience and begin to testify the greatness of his name to experience and know that where the name is, where he is, and where as you call on him and dwell on him and the wonder that he is, that you will experience crazy, radical, dangerous things because following Jesus was never, ever meant to be safe. We sang songs and we love to sing songs about faith and trust. It's easy to sing. It's difficult to do. So let's just not be people who sing about it. Let's do it. Let's be about it. Right? Let's be about our father's business. Let's be about going and sharing the great news of, of, of Jesus with everyone we encounter. That's the beauty of the gospel, that not only did Jesus live the life that you and I never could, he was tempted and tried by the devil himself and overcame him by, by knowing what? The words of God. And Revelation says that how do we overcome the enemy? By the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. It didn't say that you need a seminary degree. He didn't say you needed a sixth grade education. He said, if you can understand that the blood of the lamb has been sacrificed and shed for you, that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins, that Jesus' amazing, beautiful shed blood as he gave for us on the cross that now covers those who believe in him and experience newness in life. That is what it means to understand that we are covered in the blood, that when God looks upon you, he sees his son and yet uniquely you covered by the blood of Jesus. And it didn't end there because three days later he kicked open the tomb and said, I am alive. And he's been resurrected. And that same resurrection power he fills through the amazing Holy Spirit of his people. That's what he does. And so when we're asking, God, speak to me, your servant is listening. We, 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 we have to pray it. We should pray it. But don't pray this prayer if you don't want to hear what he has to say. And if we're followers of Jesus, if you know and experience this beautiful gospel, the greatest news in all the universe, then there's a danger in not praying this. So I, I, I'm encouraging you and challenging you to pray this dangerous prayer. But also, if you've never prayed this prayer before, that's dangerous to live your life not hearing from, from God. So let's pray this prayer together. Because I believe that this prayer is built to convict us, to stretch us, to, to, to help us see the impossible and know that God can do it. That he specializes in the impossible in our lives. Right? A lot of us have like FOMO, right? A fear of missing out. We love to hear stories about God moving in all these different ways and places, but we feel like, man, why am I not in on this? It's often because we're not still to hear him. We're not willing and we're not ready. So let's pray this prayer together with me. Father God, pray for my Elmwood family. So we pray together as part of the bride of Christ. Father, I pray this dangerous prayer. And for those who want to jump in, this is your moment. From this day forward, we, we pray dangerous, radical, crazy prayers. Today we pray, Lord, speak to us. Your servant is listening. Father, may we 
covet our time with you. May we break up and begin to, to, to see and know that we should spend time listening to you. Not the TV, not the movies, not the books, but rather would we spend time listening to you to know that your words supersede all others. Father, we want to participate and be witnesses in the, uh, to the impossible being made real, to dreams being made manifest, uh, for people being transformed by the, by, by the shedding of, of, of your blood, of the sun, for people to be rescued from their sin and, and understanding that they're receiving the greatest news in the universe, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he did all of these things, that he lived that life that we never could, that he died the death that we so justly deserved, and he rose again with all power and authority given unto him so that he can welcome us as sons and daughters of the Most High King. Father, fill us with your spirit to experience the radical, the crazy, the impossible. Stretch us, grow us. May we learn to depend solely on you, knowing that you are in control of all. Father, we ask all of these things in the matchless name, the mighty name, the name that is above every name, the name at which demons run, the name in which we place our trust, the name in which we build our lives, the name that deserves all glory and honor and praise, the name that we celebrate, the name that we love to hear, the name that is sweet on our lips, sweeter than honey, the name of Jesus Christ. We ask all these things in his name. Amen and amen. Thank you guys so much. You are dismissed. All right.